everyone, this is Alex Kelly with Furloughed Film Talks. We are back here with another episode. I'm here with Ryan. Hey, guys. So today we are going to be interviewing the uh, writer of End of Sentence, Michael Ambrewster. Uh, and then we are going to be giving our spoiler talk on the movie End of Sentence. So we are very excited for today's episode. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's going to be a cool one. I'm really excited to get into the spoiler talk. I, yeah, we've... We've we've been we've been waiting a couple days to do this, so uh, we'll get into that at the end of the episode. But first, we are going to talk with Michael Ambrewster about his new movie, uh, End of Sentence. All right, let's do it. Awesome. So we are now joined by uh, Michael Ambrewster, the writer of End of Sentence and also of The Woods. So we're really excited to have him. Thank you for uh, joining us. Yeah, my pleasure to be here. So how's uh, the last couple months been for you? <laughs> strange, very strange. Um, you know, I was talking with some friends. There's a lot of writers that live on our street, and they call it the writer's block, in fact. Awesome. Um, but I was talking with one of them who was saying he expected to be so much more prolific during this downtime that we all have, and yeah. it's like the exact opposite. Like, none of, you know, it's, we have a son, he's at home, so that takes a lot more time. And, um, I don't know. You just you feel like you have all this time, but not a deadline, so you don't get as much done. Yeah, yeah. You don't feel like you have somebody like hovering over you to get everything done. It's it totally. almost seems like since we don't know how long this is gonna last, it's just gonna be like completely open ended, right? So it's like yeah, oh, it, it can wait a couple it. weeks or so, right? All the time in the world, I'm gonna write every episode of season one of a TV show, you know, and it's right. it's just don't have that kind of time. Well, so with End of Sentence, what was kind of the inspiration behind, you know, writing this movie? Uh, it, was, it was a few things, I think, that came together. I mean, one was, like, to be totally honest, I wanted to write a road trip movie. And I love, like, the journey and I love the structure that that implies. And so part of it was as simple as that. And I got on the road and I wrote it, um, you know, as I went. I researched it and, and structured it and broke it as I went on the journey myself. Um, but I mean, the, I think the more important, there were a couple things going on too. Someone I had grown up with was in prison and it was for, you know, something a lot worse than auto theft. Like okay. was in this. And his mother passed away while he was in prison. And I, to me, just that lack of uh, ability to redeem yourself kind of was this sort of horrible thing. And so I, I had that in my head. And then, um, you know, the, the whole father-son thing is interesting to me. I grew up in the Midwest, and I think, you know, father-sons especially tend to be more reserved um, in general and in that part of the country, I think, especially. And I think just the, you know, the idea that when you're a little kid, you look at your dad like he's Superman, and then you start to get a little older, and you start to see the flaws and the imperfections, and, you know, perhaps there's some disappointment. And I think from the other side, because, I, like I said, I have a son as well, um, you see your kid when he's young is full of potential and possibilities. And then as your son gets older, you also start to see, you know, that it's not going to be smooth sailing the whole way. And, that, and, and perhaps there's some disappointment on that end. And so I just wanted to play with that idea that, you know, if the problem with idealizing the situation for fathers and sons, especially, um, you know, is, is not a great thing. And you just need to get past that and accept people for who they are and sort of let go of whatever preconceived notions or, problems you know you've been through together uh and so i wanted to be a story about redemption overall and i thought the road trip was a, a great setting for that so when you took originally took the road trip and was developing the story was that in america or did you uh do that over, overseas and no totally u.s i mean i um it was shortly after i finished film school 
And I got on the road and I knew I wanted to start it in somewhere in the South. And I knew I wanted it to end in somewhere that was much more expansive and wide open, like visually. And so it ended in Wyoming. And so I, I, wow. I just, you know, got online and was researching where in the South. I, I got on the phone with uh, some people who worked at a prison in Alabama, um, set a meeting for them. I flew into Atlanta, drove over to this prison, met with, they were very gracious, gave me sort of all the ins and outs of how this actually works. I got to see the prison and all that. So I, I liked that setting a lot. And then I just drove the road trip. And it's my favorite thing in the world to do. I mean, you just stop where you want to stop. I mean, at one point, there are were, there were all these like presidential libraries or monuments along the way, like some quite obscure, you know, not obscure, but like presidents you don't really think of every day. Did and you come uh, to the Dallas one? I didn't go to Dallas because I went yeah. um, sort of, I was east of that. I went yeah. up through like Missouri and I stopped in my hometown in St. Louis and across the state and then up through uh you know into wyoming over that way um but you know I, at one point there was this little motif where there were presidential museums that they were going to stop at for some reason i mean i didn't end up using it but it was yeah. it was that and then there was you know you find all this stuff along the way i mean there was a motif and it's still it's still sort of in there but it was it was a bigger part of the original draft of, of food and of like feeding and the mother you know she leaves these frozen dinners for frank in the story and that's always been there after she had died to show her love well, when I got to Wyoming, I didn't know where I was going to set the ending. I didn't know if it was going to be mountains or whatever. And I found this lake that was really small called um, Cook Lake. And I'm like, Cook Lake, that's like perfect. There was like this little, you know, sort of thing that yeah. goes on in your brain or divine inspiration or whatever it is that sort of lets you find these things. And so being on the road trip was, was great that way. Of course, it didn't end up in the U.S., but you right. know, probably the better for it. You, you talked about going into that Alabama prison. Um, did you intentionally want to kind of highlight the American prison system and kind of, you know, some of the shortcomings of people who were let out? Was that something that you intentionally wanted in the movie? Uh, no, I w it was never really, uh, like, I, I was much more interested in sort of where Sean was and had to go and sort of how he saw himself and how he, I think, was dismissive of his own dignity and potential. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't, I mean, there was, there was more in earlier drafts about, you know, the situation in prison and the recidivism and all of that. But, um, but I, was, I was much more interested in, you know, the human condition of him versus making a commentary on our prison system. Okay. Yeah, which is very well done because yeah. it was really subtly put how it was so important for him to find employment afterwards, which is like the bottom line for people who what our prison. prison system needs to improve on yeah. so yeah when you you talked about the road trip you took in america we were talking to elfer the other day and he said that you guys went over to ireland together what was it like going from an american road trip to doing your own irish road trip scary driving <laughs> i flew in i think a day before he came in he was so he used to live in la uh, and then moved to london and now he's in iceland where he's from originally but um, I think he was flying in from London at the time. And so I was in the day before him and had to get the car from the airport. No. And, you know, and I popped an Ambien for the flight and I was a little like out of it anyway. And, uh, and I remember sitting at that airport for like two and a half hours trying to work up the nerve to actually drive. And it was early in the morning too. And I wanted to get, you know, I thought rush hour might be going on. But to drive on the wrong side of the, the other side of the road and the other side of the car. And it was a stick ship. I mean, the stuff in the movie is from when I was renting a car and didn't realize, you know, everything's manual transmission basically. Um, 
And then to drive in Dublin, like an old city with construction here and pedestrians here. And I didn't know where I was going. And, you know, stupid me, I didn't get the nav system. I had maps because I sort of wanted the characters to be working from that. So it was, I scraped up the side of the car. I mean, even leaving the parking lot at, the, at Avis, I, I did something bad. Um, so anyway, <laughs> driving aside, I mean, there were actually some things at one point in the script too about, uh, you know, what happens at roundabouts and all that. But, uh, but, but other than that, it was, uh, it was phenomenal. I mean, as soon as Elfar got in, he took the wheel because he was used to driving there. And um, we just explored. We did a similar thing to what I had done in the U.S. on a shorter timeline. But we drove and tried to discover things and settings that we wanted to use in the movie. <clears throat> and, of course, he and his crew went back later on to find the actual locations that would work. But, um, you know, where would these characters go when you're setting it in a whole new country? And still get the same feeling that you're really opening up to... Um, you know, they end up in Donegal and it's just this like wide open space in, in Ireland. Um, so we wanted that same feel throughout. Is that something you usually do when you go into like a new project is you go out into you really envelop yourself in the beginnings of the story? If I can, if, it, if I can all pull it off, I will do that. I mean, I've done it a few times, um, you know, in some places that you wouldn't, you know, go on vacation necessarily, but I love doing that. I mean, I kind of set a story in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And so I was up there for weeks and one time it was through Arkansas, parts of Arkansas. So I was doing that uh, at a story that was set in the Bay Area. So I was in Oakland and San Francisco for a while. And, and it's my favorite thing because you really get lost in your own writing too. I mean, it's not the distractions of your normal life, but you're also right there where you're trying to, you know, mine the territory and find things for your characters to, to use or stumble on or whatever. Yeah, you're just kind of like engrossed in it, like 24 seven, I'm sure when you're outside of kind of your normal. Yeah, there was a, a TV show I was doing, I was writing the pilot for and um, it set it up in Marin County too, up in Northern California. Yeah. And I had done the research I needed to up there, um, but took the slow way coming back and spent two nights in a hotel in Bakersfield, you know, um, just because of what you just said. I mean, you need to sometimes just get away and immerse yourself, lock yourself in a room somewhere, you know, where you, you can't, you, you can, but you don't necessarily want to get out. When it's finished, like, like right now, like writing is so hard because you don't have those experiences and there's so much time, but when you're in that moment, it's like, okay, like I'm here, like I need to get this down on paper while it's still fresh. I'm sure zombie apocalypse writers are doing great right now, yeah. but everyone else is struggling. <laughs> so movie, like you, you obviously write, write writing all the maps. When you read or when you saw the movie for the first time, it was like the one scene that you're like, wow, that translated so well from our mind track to the movie. Um, I would say, I mean, I think there's a lot of them. And I, you know, Elfar was not only wonderful to work at and a great human being, but a really skilled director. I mean, I think he was so um, calm all the time on set. And, and you know, the actors just transcended the material constantly, I think, too. I can't say enough nice things about John and Logan and, and Sarah. But I would say the one scene is when they're in the pub in Ireland and she's singing. Because those kind of scenes, you write that on paper and you have it in your head, but that can also end up really cheeseball. You know, I mean, that could go horribly wrong if it's not in, in the right hands. And they, and I actually happened to be in Ireland for that. I flew in for a couple of days on set and it was uh, a scene in the bar where, uh, where Logan and Sarah meet each other. 
they were yeah. filming today. And then this scene was later. And, uh, and I think it was, it was seeing John and just the look on his face. No, you know, he's just so crushed, but he holds it in so well. He's just such a restrained actor that really lets you know exactly what's going on in his head somehow. I don't know. It's the most remarkable thing. Um, and I just thought it was so emotional to see him in that scene and to see Sarah uh, up there singing. I had no idea she could sing like that. And to see the musicians, and I don't know if Elfar mentioned to you, but we had stopped, and, and this is a thing I love as well, like just sort of organic music in places and how different it is in different parts of the world. But in mm -hmm. Ireland, you know, there really are a lot of um, like musicians in these pubs and they're playing all kinds of music. And the, the musicians in that scene I thought were terrific. I mean, just the way they drew her out and brought her on the stage. I'm sorry? The way the lead singer interacted with Sarah was really cool. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. And, um, and even Logan, I mean, just the way he's sort of, you need to see what's going on in his head too. He's watching the dynamic that's starting to develop between these two in that scene. Um, so I, that one I thought just, you know, was so much better than I, I could have hoped for when, uh, when I saw it. Not only performed live, but then on the screen and the way it was cut and, and mixed and everything. From that scene, like you talked about Logan's character um, kind of taking it in. I think that's one of the scenes first kind of see this transition in him that he wants to make where, you know, he realizes the type of man he wants to be and like kind of the distance he is from where he is right now to that. And also he's like pushing his dad like also into a transition but how much of that was like running into a story where you were like conscious of um, Logan is Logan's character is trying to make this transition from being released from prison, seeking, you know, good employment um, and like actually starting his real life. And then all of a sudden he's like runs uh, head first into his dad wanting to drag him to Ireland. So like how much of that, like kind of transition in, um, change in Logan's character kind of did you have planned out going into the story? Um, I mean, I think, you know, the way I do this and probably a lot of people do is that you sort of, you do it from gut, I think at first, and then you get really analytical about it and you track their arc and you make sure that they're going from point A to point B um, emotionally in a logical progressive way rather than just sort of a all of a sudden way. So that, I mean, that was one step a significant step and of course what happens after that when he and his dad are in the hotel room is a huge step as well I mean it's you know it's like early in the earlier I think when they first get to Ireland is the first time you hear Frank sort of giving him a little bit of, of girl advice and talking about respect and things like that and of course at that point low it's the last thing you want to hear from your dad probably in general and in this case really in particular it's the last thing he wants to hear from his dad but then he sees that, um, you know, the dignity that Frank brings to, and the, and the manners and all that, that he brings to the situation with Jewel is something he actually can learn from. And so he's, you know, seeing in a different light, I suppose, how he is a little bit, or could be a little bit more like his father, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, so I, I guess to answer your question, it was all like pretty planned out. I mean, the actors just elevated or they, they study it as well, I think very analytically and intuitively just get it too. Um, but you know, that was, that was a key moment. Um, it was a key moment that sent him a little bit in the other direction at first that, but that catalyzed the moment that happens after that, you know, that really changed him. Interesting. Like in that same 
even Sarah is um, kind of shows him like, hey, she, there's a line where she says, you know, the nice men are the ones, the, the kind men are the one that we spend the rest of our lives with. Like even she's pointing it out to him and she's trying to con him. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, there's some truth in, in her character as well. And, you know, not, not everything gets to the screen for like a, a million reasons, but there was, um, you know, there was some trauma in her past too. And, you know, the, the dignity thing was important to her and having someone treat her kindly. And you get a little bit of that because of the situation that she's causing her to flee in the first place. But there's, um, there's truth in that too. I mean, she's trying to con him and she's being opportunistic, but I think there's, you know, also emotional truth in that. And Sean recognizes that. You mentioned there was stuff that was maybe not included in the movie. There's a line that she says, like, she's running for her, ex- her ex-boyfriend who had been abusive. Was there going to be more background on kind of what happened with her and her ex-boyfriend? There was n- not so much on her ex-boyfriend. And you, you don't fully know if she's telling you the truth or not. I mean, Ryan, to your point, is she just conning them the whole time? Um, but she... There were, there were other things where, you know, she was abused and there was, you know, there's a stepfather and things like that. She, she sort of drops casually in conversation sometimes. And you're not sure if she's trying to get pity and, you know, draw them in at some point or if it's really true. And there was, there was a line at some point that I don't think made in the final uh, movie later on between her and Logan where he questions her about that. And he says, was all that just a lie? Were you just trying to you know, get a car out of this situation. And she tells him it's only, it was just the tip of the iceberg. And so you, you sense that there's a lot more to, you know, her past, similar to, you know, both Frank and on some level Sean's past too with, with abuse and, you know, trauma earlier in life. It's such a good movie. And Thank you. Uh, we, yeah, we, we love the movie. And you've got another series coming out on Netflix um, in a couple of weeks called The Woods. That's based off a book by, uh, huh. you, are you involved in that? No, no, no. So I, I'm not sure what someone else mentioned that to me a couple of days ago. I'll have to check into, I think, so I did, I did adapt and sold a pilot. I adapted from a graphic novel, um, the pilot for the woods and we sold it to sci-fi channel. Um, and I think there's another project floating around at Netflix that's the wood. And I don't know if it's related or not. And I think there might be some mistake on, I don't know where you saw that. It was IMDb or something. It's on IMDb. So yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll check into that. There's yeah. and the other one I'm no longer involved in. And I think they're figuring out if it's going to go on Peacock, their streaming service, or if it's still in development, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I have another movie coming out on Netflix in two weeks uh, which is called Feel the Beat. Um, and it's, uh, in their family division. Um, and it is, uh, it's a very different movie than end of sentence. And it's a sort of bad news bears set in the world of little girl dance competitions. And it's, you know, lots of music. I mean, there's definitely some heart to it as well, but, um, but that, so Netflix, you're sort of half right. There's a movie. There's a movie. Yeah. Okay. So Netflix, you're doing something on Netflix. Uh, uh, do you have anything else in the works that you're excited about or? Uh, anything you can share? Yeah, there's um, I, there's a couple things I'm working on now that I, I can't quite say because I don't know if they're going to happen or not, but there's okay. a, a TV show coming out. Gosh, with the pandemic, I'm not sure when it's coming out now. It would have been early next spring okay. um, that I wrote on called Halo, which is based on the video game Halo. No way. Uh, I, okay. It, uh, it's going to be on Showtime, and it's, it's uh, a great big, you know, great big show 
and it's sort of the character-driven version, but hopefully still like keeping people happy who are huge fans of the of the video game. Um, so we wrote that last year, actually, all the episodes for it last year, and they've been casting it in pre-production and production now. On that so. How much did you guys uh, look at any other like live-action Halo stuff when you were doing that? Because there's been a few, um, like yeah, mini stuff. Yeah, I mean, we sort of looked, and there was a lot of this particular project had been in development for gosh, ten or twelve years with big, yeah, big names attached, as you might imagine, because it's a big property. But um, but you know, just hard to find the right way in, and it's mm-hmm. it's tricky. Yeah. You don't want to alienate fans of the game, but you also want to try to broaden the, the audience too. Um, there, so we looked at we looked at some of the other things. Um, some people in the room, I think, were more well versed. Some were less, and I think it was a little bit by design that way. I mean, you don't want yeah. people to be too, you know, For weighted sure. by what's been done before when you're trying to create something new. Um, but you also want to honor the past, and and so it was a mix. We looked at some things, but not everything, because there's a ton. I don't know how there's a lot. much yeah. of a fan you are. Yeah, no, we're, I'm a we're, huge we're fan. Pretty, yeah, we're yeah. pretty big nerds. So. I don't know how much you played it, but I used to play Halo 2 and 3 just... Yeah, we played Halo 3 a lot. Hundreds of hours. Came out. So yeah, so, that's really really cool. Um, we'll have to uh, we'll have to have you back on whenever that comes out in the spring. Yeah, so, sure. sure. Um, cool. We'll be we'll be looking out for that for sure. But uh, we really appreciate you taking the time. And Innocence was a great movie, and we're hoping. Or I think right now it has a ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It was ninety four percent last night. So yeah, it's. I mean, all the reviews I've seen for it have been great. So yeah, I'm I'm glad it got out to VOD. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm so grateful to Elfar and, and like I said, John and Logan and Sarah for the work they did on that. I thought it was just, uh, I was so pleased with it. You don't, you know, it's, you don't always find that. So um, it was yeah. fantastic and they were great to work with. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us and uh, go, please go check out Into Sentence. It's yeah. on VOD right now on Amazon. So uh, Michael, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. All right. Thanks guys. All right. Pleasure. Have a good one. Thanks so much. Where did you meet? Oh, on a bus in Detroit. She dropped a book and I picked it up. I never told her I rode that bus in the wrong direction every day for three weeks, waiting for her to drop something. ...with us, so we are now going to talk some spoilers. Spoiler review. Spoiling the entire movie. So And uh, let's remind our audience what our, you know, Max said review of this is. Uh... 4.75. I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Okay. So, very, very high rating. For first, us. first spoilers. Cigarettes. On skin. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's not funny. I mean. No, not at all. Dude, this movie. Okay, this is why we were waiting to, like, talk about the spoilers of this movie. And, like, the full arc of this. Like, yes. The full story, right? So, the guy gets out of prison. They go to Ireland. There's this very contentious relationship between son and father. And it's never really explained why there's a We have no idea. Yeah. We have zero clue as to what's going on between them. Until... Until we find out that um, Logan Lerner's... Logan's character's... Grandfather. Grandfather was an alcoholic and used to extinguish his cigarettes when on... It, when that's where you have to be careful, because I think it only happened one time. No, I mean, there's definitely multiple... Cigarette burns on his back. Yeah, okay. So, but, that, like, I think it was once John Hawk's character found out, it never happened again. That's true. I mean, but like, sure, are we... 
I think so because then it was like he picked him up and then he was like, they didn't he told him to stop and then he never saw his his it was John Hawks's dad and John Hawks never saw his father again. Oh, I see. I don't maybe. I mean, that's the thing with this movie like they keep most of the story so vague that it's kind of hard to um, pinpoint. Yeah, kind of like pinpoint exactly what happened, but we know for sure that they the, were the guy was the, yeah, the guy was obviously abused by his grandfather and later in the course of the movie we find out that um, the father was horrifically abused. Like there's way more. There's a scene which... where um, John Hawk's character's shirt gets ripped off, and you see his entire back is just littered, covered in burn marks. So it must have been just over the course of his entire childhood, his alcoholic father just abused him mercilessly. And um, you, I mean, you can tell where the sheepishness comes from in John Hawks. And you can also tell where just the pure hatred and in anger. Logan's character comes from when it's directed at his father. And that's why this movie is so good is because it, it really builds to those moments. It builds to the moment in the car when you first find out why Logan Lerman was so angry at his father. And then you build to the moment of that fight in the hotel room right of them two being at such odds and john hawks's character having taken so much the entire movie and then all of a sudden you realize Mm -hmm. logan lerman wasn't the only one being abused like that's why the story is so good like it's not just a straightforward drama right like like it it packs a wallop like basically every 20 minutes you're hit over the head with something that just makes you sit there like oh my god like right. that's and why like you can't just re, say it re sorry go ahead i'm gonna think yeah i mean you can't just say like oh logan Lerner's character is a straight dick he shouldn't be treating no. his father like that but you also can't say that um john hawk's character is completely blame free and is all in the clear on how he did or did not protect his son so from both uh, paradigm, you have some basis for the angst that's thrown around in the relationship, right? Like it's not just straightforward, a straightforward story where A happened and B is a result. Like there's A through Z and A A through A Z. Like yeah, like there's so many life, like... reasons that this relationship is complicated, and for the purposes of this movie, like they're just kind of like snapshotting mm-hmm. this one. Um, and that like, that's what gets you so emotionally involved in a story is like the depth and uh, dynamism between these characters. When that's life, like life is so murky and, mm-hmm. and dirty. And this shows like not everybody is, you know black and white like there's a lot of gray in these characters and the other really cool thing about this story is these two characters like you you obviously know that this is going to happen a little bit like they're going to learn from each other but Mm -hmm. the way that they begin to learn from each other and you know become better characters and better people is very interesting because you wouldn't think becoming a better person would involve punching a cop right (laughs) like john hobbs punches a cop so I mean, it was a ferry boat security guard. Let's be whatever. Let's be fair. He punches out mm-hmm. a ferry security guard. Yeah. So you have this moment where 
John Hawks has been the sheepish guy who's never really wanted to break the law or stand up to people. But goddamn, he, he was going to get those ashes back. Oh, he was going to get his mom, his wife back. But then you also have, you know, Logan Lerman as Sean Fogel, going from this guy who was stealing cars and being a dick because he had gone through a traumatic experience as a kid. You know, going from that for to really caring about what they were doing in Ireland and retrieving his mom's ashes from Sarah Bolger's yeah. character who ran off with the ashes, like completely, you know. She had her own demons, and Michael basically said, "Like, you know, you don't really know the backstory of it. It's kind of vague. Mm-hmm. You're not. It's you're really not supposed to know because you then there's that question of, well, was she in love with him or was she just really conning him? And so that's a really great conversation of was what was that was that true love? And I think it was. Like there was moments where Sarah and my, uh, uh, Logan's characters you had intimate moments. So I think there was some of that." Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, it it's such a mark of a great movie when, like, you want to see 45 more minutes of it, right? Like, oh, I, yeah, I would it. 100% would have loved to see, like, six months later or 12 months later, like, you know, they don't have, like, the perfect father-son relationship, but, like, you know, you cu- can cut back to, like, them rebuilding the cabin that the, the mother left the son. Or you can I cut- would pay money to see that dude oh yeah, my god more I mean, of them in ireland yeah like that'd be like i don't want to i never want to say like this great indie like work needs to get a sequel but like no like i don't like i would i I love this them. story and yeah. i would love to hear like have it developed more and and have these characters developed further into their kind of lives um but i that's just a mark of great uh writing and great portrayals of the writing and construction of the material into a live action piece by the director so but no, like, all I, around like this is well, that's great why job. we were looking up more stuff to watch from them. like elfer we went and watched his short film like because i wanted to see like something more from him with with michael it's like let's find something that he's going to be doing sarah she had a movie come out you know a month ago that we need to watch that looks really really good right yeah logan's doing different stuff john hawks has done a ton of stuff so it's like everybody in this movie has now been opened up to where it's like i want to see more like i want to see more of these people because they did such a great job i was gonna say i i want to get that out real fast before i said this how much do you think this movie is going for on amazon right now to rent to rent it 3.99 okay it's 6.99 which i thought was cheap as hell like for a movie that well i think for thinking about if you on the first yeah movie, on the first weekend for sure yeah it's cheap. i think if you're gonna go like to a movie theater and see a movie it's gonna be like 12 bucks yeah to see this at home for 6.99 is a steal right i so like the standard for like stuff that's come out of theaters is like the 3.99 to 4.99 price range for something that like is going directly to vod yeah 6.99 is super cheap which now I'm interested to see how much if that was to buy or if that was just to rent the movie. It had to be to rent to it. To rent it, but yeah. I mean, and it's also interesting. They were all on set for that scene where Sarah was singing. Right. Every person we've talked to from this movie has pointed out that scene. Yeah. If you like, I, I hope there's a clip of just that put up at some point there because be. if if you don't. It's only an hour and a half. Like, take the time to watch it. But if you're lazy and don't want to, go find that clip of that scene where she's singing because it is truly incredible. 
Like, it is the best scene of the entire movie. Well, you could do a little outro with her with her singing. With her singing? I guess we're going to do a different outro today instead yeah, of I mean, our, you could, our Ricky Baker outro. You could drop it in somewhere, but yeah. Just, um, but that is a great scene, and, like, we've talked about it before, but it's just so authentic, like, what... It says to buy the movie, it's $120. <laughs> what? This is when you know it's live recording. We're looking stuff up, and it says it's 100 and Yeah. That's a typo. So that's I definitely guess, a problem for I guess them. we should uh, Where is it? We should email Gravitas and be like, hey, guys, this is not right. Yeah, Gravitas needs to get on that because Gra- that's um, email not cool. Gravitas here in a minute and be like, hey, that's, uh, that's not good. Um, but no, it's it's such a fantastic movie, and yeah, I really we talked about it a good amount to this point so far. Was there anything else that was a spoiler that we haven't touched on? We talked about the hotel scene, which is there's two different hotel scenes that are really really good. There's a hotel scene where they fight each other, yeah, and you see the the cigarette burn. But then there's a hotel scene where they get home. They get back to the hotel after getting the ashes back from the um, from the ferry, and they're both laying back in their beds. And he says that he's proud of him. Yeah, that's yeah. the moment where it's when, like when Logan said he's proud of. No, no, when when John Hawk says he's he said proud it's of, okay. He says it to him. And he's like, you know, hey, like I didn't think you would do this. Like I'm, I'm really, I'm, I am proud of you. Like I was proud of you for doing that. Right. But that's such a powerful moment of him basically just saying, like, I know you screwed up in the past, and I know you've done these, like, really shitty things, but, like, you're showing that you're changing. Like, I was proud of you in that moment. That's a really, really cool scene. There is one scene that we 100% have to talk about. And talk about the urn scene? No, the just the last scene in the movie. The, I mean... When they when they finally get to the point where they spread the ashes across the lake, right? Oh, that, I dude. mean that's like that is the pinnacle yeah. of the movie is they finally find the lake that they uh, where she wanted them to spread her ashes, and just you couldn't like even imagine if like God Himself came down and walked up to like this ball piece of earth and just handcrafted an oh, Irish wait. lake. It you is would the, so... it is so gorgeous, and the way they shoot it. As they like walk to the lake and the close-ups on the characters as they're going through the process of spreading Saying the ashes. To their, yeah, their I mean, wife and mother. The thought I had was, and I, I've never thought this before, but when you're like spreading someone's ashes, that's literally the last part of their life, right? Yeah, like, that's it. that is the very last attachment physically you have to that person, and for all intents and purposes, like their life ends there and then they only live on through memory and through your memory and that's right? the last moment of your relationship with them yeah like it, in that that that's that's the final in a chapter. physical sense right yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but like that's the end of your relationship in a physical sense like from right. then on it's just your memories of that yeah person. and elfer and the whole crew just captured the beauty and the anguish and all of it like just perfectly like i would give that scene just a fucking 10 max heads out of five, five max, max heads. heads i mean it's incredibly good but and, and shameless plug i put up a review of the movie on our website today and the picture 
is from that scene where he's like holding the ashes okay. and he's getting ready to like throw it into the lake. Yeah, it's, it's so cool, man. But John Hawks kills it. Yeah. Logan Lerman kills it. Sarah Bolger murders it. Yeah. As a singer, Alfred uh, mm-hmm. Adelstein's is a great directorial debut. Yeah. Like everybody in this movie. Incredible they, story written by Michael Ambrister. I would love to know how he got a passport to go over there, but that's such a nitpicky thing that... Who? Uh, Logan Lerman. Why would he not be able to get a passport to go? How long was he in jail for? Oh, in the movie. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not Logan Lerman himself. So, not the character. Okay, so, like, I did think about this, and, like, if he had a passport before he went into prison... Would it still be valid? Yeah, as long as, like, you know... Okay. For auto theft, like, maybe realistically, you're going to get, like six somewhere to six to three years maybe six months to three years yeah right right and so like passports can last up to three years i think so it's it's completely possible he had a passport okay yeah so i'm the dumbass it doesn't look great on you know irish the irish um immigration system that they're allowing felons into the country but you know whatever felon would that would he be a felon fuck yeah auto theft i mean yeah Again, absolutely yeah he'd be a fucking felon Jesus. you're not giving him a misdemeanor for stealing a car man <laughs> they're not gonna okay. write you a he ticket and send it, you on your he way did do it multiple times so yeah that makes sense. yeah he had like a juvenile record in the whole nine yards like yeah, yeah. but and we this has been said multiple times now um it was meant to be an american road trip yeah so thankful it wasn't i mean i think i don't know if it would have been as good it wouldn't have been as good, and there were, like, it wouldn't have been as emotional. I mean, they might have been able to pull off scenes, like the singing scene in the pub and whatnot, but I doubt it. Um, it would just have been a completely different movie. I'm just imagining a club scene in middle America somewhere. Uh, yeah, like, like no, redneck just, heaven in the middle yeah, of Montana I, or something. It could have like, worked. Hey, like, it would have been perfect Deadwood-type material for John Hawks. Yeah, but... No, I mean, Alpha was perfectly correct in saying that, like, adding the dynamic of having them being fish out of water I would have worked been, so much better. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall watching Alpha Adelstein's and Michael Ambrewster. Yeah. That would drive have, across I'm sure Island. that was a fucking fun trip, dude. That, yeah, they got to go to pubs and shit. Like, they just got to, like, yeah. fuck across Ireland. I'm, like, doing it for my life where I'm... Like, yeah, let's go <laughs> to Ireland. <laughs> Hey, we're talking about going to Reykjavik and, you know... I, we're going to go to... We'll be in London next year. Yes. For sure. If anybody in London wants to hang out while we're yeah. in London... Or I will definitely go to Ireland somewhere and maybe somewhere in Europe. But August 2020... August 2021, we'll be on yes. the continent. August sure. 2020, we're talking about going to Boulder. But man, we might go up to yeah. uh, Colorado. We might road with- trip to... Boulder, Colorado. I have to figure out how to do a podcast on the road, though. Oh, that would be easy. We can figure this out. There are hotel rooms. Some famous last words. Yeah, right. We just got a road trip. We got to do our own road trip. Okay. That's that's going to be the legacy of this movie. It didn't Get people us. to go on father-son road trips. I don't... You listening, Atticus? <laughs> Atticus on a road trip would be insane. Oh, it was funny where he uh, Michael said something about you know, maybe your father didn't do this or blah blah blah. I was like, well, actually, we got a pretty damn good father, but he did. He did. didn't teach us how to shave. He didn't Look teach at us this shit. Awful. No, yeah. our dad was great, but yeah, we call him out. It's such an reason. interesting dynamic of father and son and yeah. realization and 
Yeah, it's such a good movie, and you guys should definitely check it out. Don't listen to us. Go go find all of the reviews that have talked about it, especially ours on furloughedfilmtalks.net. But definitely go check out what everybody's saying. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we can get, like, you were saying we might be able to get a, like, review on Rotten Tomatoes. We have to do something. We have to wait two years. Hmm. I mean. Never mind. Yeah. But, uh. Rotten we, Tomatoes is wild. We can do an audience review, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm going to go do an audience review now. So I don't think, they weren't, as of, like, yesterday, they weren't allowing any. But I guess because it's not, like, actually out, they weren't. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be. It should be open now. So, yeah. But no, no. On our website. So, yeah. Go we we got a checklist now. We got to go do an audience review of this, and then we got to go email Gravitas and yeah. be like, why is it $121? To... Apology for being, doing first production on a live podcast, guys. It's fun. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that's our thing. Of... No, this has been a fun episode. This yeah. Has been this a fun whole, in the last couple days. We this really... whole like, week of you know, yeah. diving into. Um, in a sentence, man. In a sentence and all the related projects. And if anybody has any other movies that we should dive into that are coming out soon that we should you know watch and get people on like definitely tweet us at furloughed film talks drop um, a comment on the vid on the vid on the facebook's on the twitters on the instagrams on the podcast you guys Apple know the podcasts, deal furloughed film talk i'm at captain crones on uh instagram and at alex f kelly on twitter what are you on don't, yeah, just hit don't, me up don't find me on twitter okay please. just hit me up yeah you'll be disappointed it's all pokemon yeah, just hit me up and, and let me know or uh, let us comment on what we're doing here on the podcast. We'd love your feedback. But, uh, yeah, 100%. No, thank you for Elfer coming on and uh, Michael for coming on this week. And, uh, yeah, thank you for Gravitas and uh, to Rob for, you know, setting all this up for us. We really appreciate it. But thank you for listening to us. And then we will be back on Monday with a new episode. So thank you all. Adios, muchachos. Bye. Hey, hey,